morning, what we're doing is we're starting a brand new four-part series on the power of gratitude. One of the things I love about Thanksgiving is it's like that day to sort of like forces you into a sort of like gratitude calibration, right? Because we don't always think every day to be grateful and to be thankful. And then we have this day and it's like, let's be thankful. And some people have a tradition of going around the table, maybe at dinner and expressing what they're thankful for. Uh, Either way, it just kind of forces us to go, oh yeah, it's a day of Thanksgiving, right? And uh, so over the past few weeks, what we've been doing is we've been talking about caring for our souls. Did anybody learn anything from our soul care series? Good, like two people, I'm glad. Um, The rest of you, go to the website and listen to it again until you get something out of it, okay? Uh, It's all there on the website, and so you can go there. Uh, But we've been talking about caring for our souls. We've been talking about the things that make our souls stronger, the things that nurture our souls, the things that center our souls, right? Our souls need a center. And so there are uh, a handful of things in the world that are really good for our souls. We did talk about some of those things. But one of the most powerful things uh, for our souls, for us, for our minds, for all those things, is gratitude. It really is. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's one of those, it feels like the, uh, anybody here see the Lord of the Rings? Probably, not many people probably saw that, but uh, there's this kind of a little teeny independent film came out a few years ago. But I remember there's this point, somebody, Bethany might have to help me with this because she's a Lord of the Rings fan, right? And uh, there's a scene where this guy named Boromir picks up a ring and he says, something so small, what does he say? Something so small could be so... Okay, well, you'll remember it like later when it's, you know, when I don't need it, so... But, <laughs> but you know, it's, but gratitude is like that. It's like this little powerful thing. And it's something so small, but it's something incredibly powerful. And, uh, and so, so it, it might be really hard to believe. You guys might not believe this. You got it? What's, what's the line Such a little thing. So just flip that over. We don't, we don't face fear and doubt over such a small thing. We, fa- we, we receive power and life and health over a small thing, like gratitude. And uh, it might be hard to believe. Some of you guys probably don't believe this, but I used to be a really negative person. Yeah, I know. I know. That's really hard to believe. I used to be a really negative person. Even, like, even as a teenager, I remember a friend of mine's mother just going, you are so cynical. Like, you, you're so cynical. And, uh, and I, was a, I was a pretty negative person. Um, and a good friend of mine once kind of explained this sort of cycle that he saw me walk through. He called them negative jags. So you just get in these negative jags where it's like you kind of, you kind of it's, it's like you, you get your foot trapped in a, in a, to a negative bear trap, right? You're just stuck there. And uh, so you just get in these negative jags. And I just, I had lots to complain about uh, everyone, everything. Um, if, you, if you wanted to know what was wrong with something, you just had to ask me, right? So it's like, huh, I don't know. What, what, what's wrong with this? What, kids, and I just wouldn't be afraid to just sort of just let fly with any criticism. Didn't matter if it was a movie. Didn't matter if it was a book. Didn't matter if it was a church or a sermon or whatever. I mean, just like if you wanted to know, you know, the negative side, all you had to do was come to me. And uh, the problem was and is with negativity is that after a while, 
negativity has a way of just radiating from you. Does that make sense to you guys? Like, like even when you don't want it to, negativity just has a way of radiating from you. And you know, I think we all know maybe somebody at work or somebody in our family or something that just sort of negative, just radiates negativity. And after a while, you're just like, you're exhausting me. You're just exhausting me, and I'm tired of your complaining, and I'm tired of just, you have nothing, I never have anything positive to say, and we start to do this to those people. Here comes that person, you know, and, and we, we just sort of want to keep our distance from them. My music stand is super negative right now, I can feel it. But, you know, and it's like, we, you just, it just will radiate from you. And, and that's what I experienced, is even when I didn't want it to, and I remember there, been, there were times where I'd have conversations with people, or I would go home from church, or I would be with a group of people, and I would go home and I would go, oh, why did I say that? Because, because at that point, I realized that I was a really negative person, and I wanted to stop, but I couldn't. And so um, it can really affect things. It can, it can affect uh, relationships, especially, right? Because we want to keep away from those people, right? It can impact your job. You know, that negativity, before we know it, we hate our job, right? It can, it can make you and it can make everyone else around you miserable. This negativity, this sort of like life-sapping, life-sucking negativity. And uh, it just, it's, it's miserable. And um, some of you guys who have been here for a little while know that one of my favorite scriptures, uh, if Ryan were here, he would tell you all what it was because he always is like, Philippians 4, 8, right? And, uh, but you know that one of my favorite scriptures and it just had such a massive impact on that area of my life because a mentor of mine who saw that negativity in me made me memorize it. He said, you, 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 I want you to say this every day. And Philippians 4, 8, let's put it on the screen. In fact, let's do this. Let's read it together. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. There, there have been times in my life where I've been maybe involved with a circle of friends or with a ministry or at a job where I have felt those old negative thoughts coming back, that complaining, that all the, just seeing all the negative. And I've had to go, okay, but what's true and what's honorable here and what's praiseworthy and what's right and pure and lovely and admirable? And I've had to like just use that scripture as sort of like a, a template for my thoughts, you know, as a way of sort of like digging and thinking and going, I'm going to say those things, I'm going to appreciate those things, and have helped to turn my attitude around. And so um, one of the most powerful ways that we can take Philippians 4.8 into like an everyday thing where it affects our attitudes, it and it changes our life. Like when I say, you know, people say change your life all the time, Right? Buy these new, you know, Supima cotton underwear. They'll change your life, right? And it's like we say change your life about everything now because it's, it's become a marketing thing. But this can change your life. And I mean that. And I, and I don't, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that this can change your life. And that is the practice of gratitude. The practice of gratitude can change your life. You're applying Philippians 4.8 to your circumstances and it will change your life. 
you know, you might, you might struggle with this today. And I think there are a few people here that struggle with this. You might go to work and you just think, I'm just surrounded by buttheads. I'm the only one who knows what he's doing at work. I don't even know how my boss got his job, right? I mean, you know, let's just be real. We say these things. We think these things. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all I got to say to you is, well, if God wanted you to be the boss, you'd be the boss. So, but, or maybe you're, you're like, you have this critic in your mind that never shuts up. This critic in your mind. Oh, what a horrible place to be. I feel so bad for you if you have a critic in your mind that never shuts up. Because I've been there. I've been there. It's like just criticizing everything. Everything. Maybe you've got a critic in your mind that just never shuts up. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. And here's one of the things that I love about church planting is with church, when you, when you plant a church, you don't take over a church that has been rooted in old-timey believers that have been there for 50 years and are running the show. Right? So... There's one or two people who have been there, all right? And so one of the things that I love about church planting is we, just, we don't have that. We don't have that. But maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, and uh, when you hear people preach, you think about all the things that you disagree with, right? We sit, we sit in a sermon, we go, oh, you know, that's kind of a... Oh, that's kind of a stretch use of that scripture, you know. Or we begin to criticize things, and we, we, we kind of, you know, uh, and there's lots of things you disagree with, and, and you walk away hearing the word of God, and instead of having it have life breathed into you, you're walking away almost feeling more like, well, that was a waste of time, you know. I could have done better, right? And so, uh, or when it comes to worship, you know, you think about how the singing could be better, or how the musicianship could be better, or, you know what, if they just did this or that, the Holy Spirit would really move. Right? <laughs> okay? Uh, can I just, let me just tell you something. That was not what Jesus was talking about when he said life abundantly. Like, that is not life abundantly. To, to come and to fellowship with other believers and to worship freely in his presence and to leave with a list of things that were wrong with that instead of a list of things that blessed you. That's not life abundantly. That's not how God created you to walk through life. It's joyless. It's abrasive, right? It's unloving and it's unchristlike. And so what can we do? What can we learn from God's word about gratitude and its power to really break negativity, to really breathe life into us? Uh, we're going to talk about that. First, let's pray. God, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your great love. And we thank you that you are transforming us into your image. Oh, God, you're awesome. We pray, Lord, that we would receive your word and be changed by your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, think I, I was just having a conversation with a friend the other day. And... Uh, and you know, you, you, can't, you can't be cynical and critical and grow at the same time. They're, they're opposed to each other, right? So when you have an opportunity to grow, and when you're, you're cynical and critical, it's, you can't grow and be those things at the same time. They are opposed to each other, right? Because pride doesn't learn anything. Pride is the thing that, in us that tells us, you know, what's wrong with everything, Right? No, I'm not saying accept everything without being discerning. Please don't misunderstand me with that. It's very important that we're discerning people. And I've, you've heard me say before, if, if, you know, go home and study these yourself. I'm just kind of giving you what I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying. So go home. And so I'm not telling you not to study or to, uh, 
to, to grow in that way. I'm just saying that when our spirit is one of criticism, our spirit is one of cynicism, it's just going to hinder our growth, okay? When we walk around uh, life, doing life, thinking that we know better everywhere we go, you know, uh, uh, yeah. So, in fact, we actually have a question on our worship team. So when somebody comes and they, uh, they do the interview to get on the worship team, one of the questions that Wendy asks is, what do you think you can learn from being on the worship team? And if the answer is, well, I just think I could really help you guys out, we don't let you on the worship team. <laughs> when, 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 you don't, when you feel like you don't have anything to learn, we just go, okay, well, you know. You go put out your CD and you go change the world. Okay, so, uh, so we're going to start off. <laughs> I'm getting way off track here. Wendy, you're supposed to keep me on track. So where are you? <laughs> You let me flounder up here. I'm just kidding. So, um, so we're going to start off. We're going to read the two verses that come right before Philippians 4.8. And they are Philippians 4.6 and Philippians 4.7. And here the Apostle Paul says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Isn't that nice? which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So I want you guys to remember something. If you forget everything else I say today, I want you to remember this. Gratitude that, transform my, that transforms my attitude requires commitment. Gratitude that transforms my attitude requires commitment. Okay, so the thing about gratitude, and here's the powerful thing about gratitude, is that it's not about feeling thankful. It's not about uh, getting warm and fuzzy about the good things in our life. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. Gratitude is a commitment. So I know some of you might have been thinking, well, you don't know what I'm going through right now. I don't have a whole lot to be grateful for. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. You know. And so, and so gratitude is not about feelings. It's not about warm fuzzies, about good things. It's a commitment. But can I tell you, this commitment is going to bring joy into your life. This commitment is going to breathe life into your life. Okay? Gratitude is a commitment. It's not a feeling. Right? It, it's, it, if I wait to feel like exercising, am I going to be in shape or out of shape? Out of shape, that's right. Because you, if you wait until you're like, I feel like going to the gym. Yeah. That's like one out of every like 20 workouts, maybe, right? And so if you feel like, if you only exercise, if you wait until you feel like it, you're not going to be in shape. If you wait until you feel like going to work, you... You're, you're going to be feeling those welfare checks, right? You're going to go poor because you just wait until you feel like going to work, okay? If we wait until we feel like taking a shower, we're going to stink. We're going to stink, okay? And so if we really want gratitude to bring change to our thoughts, if we really want gratitude to bring change to our attitudes and break that negativity then it's going to take committing to gratitude. It's going to take a commitment. 
All right? And so 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says to be thankful in all circumstances. Right? For this is God's will. So let me break that down again. All right? Be thankful in all circumstances. It doesn't say be thankful in some circumstances. Be thankful in the awesome circumstances. Be thankful when you get the raise. Be thankful when you get a new car. Be thankful when, you know, whatever, whatever. It just says be thankful in all circumstances. Without exception, be thankful, okay? For this is God's will. So what's God's will for my life? To be thankful in every circumstance, okay? And so uh, that means that good circumstances, bad circumstances, you know what? Even boring circumstances. Be thankful for them. Be thankful for them. So next week, um, Karen's actually going to go a little like deeper. I'm so excited. She's going to talk about the practice of gratitude. Uh, but I just I want to share a couple things that we can exercise, uh, you know, this commitment to gratitude. So the first thing is this. Be committed to gratitude with your words. Be committed to gratitude with your words, okay? Uh, and and we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more in a couple of weeks, but you know what? Gratitude unexpressed is not gratitude. Gratitude that is not expressed some way is not gratitude. And so be committed with your words to gratitude. A, a thorough commitment to gratitude means verbalizing our thanks. Verbalizing our thanks. We all know this, right? That our words influence our hearts, don't they? Right? Our words influence our hearts. So the words that we say influence the condition of our hearts. And so uh, they, though our words will often lead the way in how we feel. Now, one of the ways that I practice gratitude is I have this little note-taking app on my phone, and every night when I get in bed, I open up my little note-taking app, and I just tap in something that I'm grateful for, either for that day or the day before or just whatever. And so sometimes you might see me snap a picture, and then you're like, oh, I saw him take a picture with his phone, but he never posted it on Facebook or Instagram, whatever. It's because it's just for my gratitude journal. So every, every once in a while, if I go, I'm really grateful for that, I'll just pull out my phone and take a picture, okay? And then that night when I go to uh, write in my gratitude journal, I put that picture in there, and I'm, oh, thank you, God, you know, whatever. And, uh, but here's the thing. There's been many nights where I've gone to bed just tired and a little bummed because it's been sort of like a, it's been sort of like a day, like, you know, one of those days, Right? where I've pulled out my little journal and I'm feeling gratitude. Well, I guess I, got, I should put something, you know, I want to be consistent, you know. And I do that. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? And so a lot of people are like, well, that's not being real. Go take your real crap somewhere else. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and I'll do it, even though I don't feel it, because it's a commitment, not a feeling. So I have one of those days, I pull up my gratitude journal, I pull up a picture, and I thank God, you know what I'll do? I'll put down my phone, I'll close my eyes, and I'll find myself going to sleep with a smile on my face. Because our words precede our hearts, precede our feelings, okay? And so, uh, so our words influence our hearts. They lead the way, the, the way that we feel. Because you know what? Complaining never put me in a better mood. I have never complained about something and went, yeah, God, I'm in a good mood. You know, that has never happened. It's never happened, okay? And so complaining never put me in a better mood. Post something grateful on social media. Tell someone thanks. Keep a journal. You know, don't be afraid to express gratitude. Say it. Use your words, right? What do we tell our kids? Use your words. 
You're a big boy now, big girl now. Use your words. Remember when our kids were really small and they would just whine and you'd go, please use words. Oh, God, I can't hear you whine anymore, right? So just use your words. Use your words. Use your gratitude words. Proverbs 18, 20 said, uh, 21 says that our words have the power to bring life or death. Our words have the power to bring life or death. So use your words in expressing gratitude. Use grateful words and, and experience life. The next thing is this, is be committed to gratitude with your praise to God. Be committed to your gratitude with your praise to God. Again, can I just say, praise isn't about how you feel. Worshiping God is not about how you feel. It's about God's worthiness. It's not about how you feel. And so uh, be committed to gratitude with your praise to God. Acts chapter uh, 16, Paul and Silas, what would happen? Paul and Silas were, if you know the story, they were stripped publicly and beaten publicly. Okay? I mean, if that alone is enough to, to traumatize somebody, right, for life, imagine if that were you. And all you did was talk about Jesus. Well, actually, what they did is they delivered somebody from a demon. And so, uh, uh, and by delivering someone from a demon, it actually caused financial hardship for somebody, <laughs> okay? And so, but they were stripped, and they were beaten, and then they were thrown in prison. And then, in, once in prison, they were put in chains. And so, the Bible says that in the middle of the night, so here it was in the middle of the night, sore, bleeding, chained up, right? I mean, we're talking about a low moment in our lives. Not, I don't think any, I mean, I know we have people here that have some bad experiences, but I don't think anybody here has been publicly stripped and beaten and then thrown in prison. And in the middle of the night, in their darkest time, they praised God. And what happened? Their chains fell off. They encountered this incredible freedom. The doors were opened. And so I have found that a negative spirit can be like chains sometimes. That, I mean, it's almost like once we start complaining, once we go down that path of being just negative and critical and cynical, man, it's, it's like chains because it can be hard to get out of. Remember how I talked before, how I would leave conversations and go, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I said that. Like, there's been times where I have wanted to be positive and walked away negative. And sometimes it was because I thought I was being funny and I was joking and I was putting people down and I was getting laughs for it. And that was part of it also, you know. It was, I was kind of getting something out of that, right? And for some people, it's like, it's like if I'm not negative, if I don't complain, nobody will pay any attention to me. Let that sink in. If I don't complain, my kids won't give me the time of day. If I don't have an ache, a pain, a groan, a gripe, nobody gives me any attention, right? And that, you are putting yourself in bondage with that attitude. You're putting yourself in bondage with that spirit. That is not what God wants for you. That's not what God wants for you, okay? And so, uh, so be committed to praising God, even when you are in chains, okay? Because being in that, that negative spirit, it's a trap. It's a bondage. And uh, like I said, I've wanted to be, have a better attitude before. I've wanted to be a blessing instead of a downer. I wanted to speak life, but it was almost like negativity had me bound. I couldn't shake it loose. But in my praise, in my gratitude, I found freedom. And God wants you to find freedom too. 
God wants you to find. You know, can I just say, I love our prayer team. I love our prayer team so much. They're some of my favorite people in the whole world. But some of you guys, you don't need another prayer. You, you don't need another somebody laying hands on you, praying that God would encourage you. You just need to start praising God and thanking Him. Okay? I, 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 that, and I love our prayer team. I love you guys so much. But I'm just saying, okay? That's a just saying moment. Okay? What you really need is to praise God. What you need to do is to start thanking Him. What you need to do is start changing that and stop complaining and, and, and let God break those chains of negativity off you. What you really need is to start praising Him. So uh, in your, our praise, in our gratitude, we find freedom. So don't wait until you feel like praising God. Be committed to praising God. Be committed to praising God. Okay, that's for you. Be committed to praising God. Worship in the car, right? Because you know what? Talk radio ain't helping. It's not. Be committed to praising God. Uh, be committed to praising God when you're at home. You know, be committed so that when you come in here on Sunday morning and the music starts, be committed to praising God. Be committed to praising Just go, God, this is your time, and you're worthy, and you deserve my praise, and that's what I'm going to do today. Be committed to praising God. It will change you. It will bring power. It will bring release to you, Okay. And so the third thing is this. Be committed, and this kind of wraps up in all these things. Be committed to gratitude when things suck. <laughs> is that the first time we ever used suck, actually, in the, uh, into the points? Now, Gary says no. Okay, so uh, first time has it been typed up there? Okay, so there we go. Be committed to praising God when things suck. Be committed to praising God. I remember there was a time... When, uh, and I've I, I, I probably mentioned this before, when, when, when my wife, when Wendy was so sick that uh, she was in the hospital, and I rem I'll never forget when we, we brought her into the emergency room, and, uh, and we, we thought this was it. I mean, the nurse came up to me, and she just kind of gave me that talk. All we can do is keep, keep her comfortable now. That was it. And uh, she was in her hospital bed, and it had been a couple of days, and I just remember uh, a moment where I had to go into the bathroom because I didn't want her, if she were to wake up or become conscious, I didn't want to see her see me standing there sobbing. I, I thought, well, that won't encourage her, you know. <laughs> so I, I went into the bathroom, and I just, I just fell on my knees, and I said, God, I'm going to praise you. I'm, I, I commit to praise you. That no matter what happens, like Job said, though he slay me, I'll trust in him. I'll praise you. I'll think about your greatness. I'll think about your goodness. And, uh, and I remember that being just a real kind of transformational moment, you know, in my life. Because I said, God, no matter what, I am going to praise you, even though things suck. And uh, I remember one time, we had a car. This was a, a couple years later, we had a car. And uh, it was a Jeep Grand Cherokee, which, surprise, surprise, it died because uh, that's what Jeep Grand Cherokees do. And so um, we had a Jeep Grand Cherokee, and we had it for a few years, and it was a lot of fun, and we loved that car. And, uh, and I remember that it just, it was one of those days where it just died. You've been driving your car, and it just dies, and you never drove it again, right? It was like, it just, eh, phew, the end, right? It's, 
so long, farewell, goodbye, you know. <laughs> and that was kind of like one of those moments. And like we, you know, we, that year, uh, our whole family, you know, a family of five, I think we lived off of like $18,000 the whole year. It was like a very poor year and uh, we had no money. Um, and, and I just remember uh, Wendy got home because I think she was driving it when it died. And when she got home, she got a ride home from a friend of ours and whatever. And she just looked at me and she goes, you know, I'm just going to thank God for the service that that vehicle provided over the last couple of years. You know, rather than being like bummed out, what are we going to do? Because you know what? It was sort of a crisis moment. What were we going to do, you know? And uh, she said, I'm just going to thank God. And that whole experience of kind of going through that and kind of wrestling with, you know, family of five now with only one dilapidated vehicle instead of two dilapidated vehicles and uh, kind of wrestling through that whole thing, it was actually a, a joy. You know, it was actually a pleasure. It was an adventure. And so it changed our, our thinking the entire way just by going, God, you know, I'm just going to thank you for the years that it provided. Okay? And it brought peace. It brought perspective. And so when you're at your lowest... That's when you need to be thanking God the most. When you're at your lowest, that's when you need to be thanking God the most. And so, uh, in case you're wondering, Wendy lived. She pulled through. Uh, I know some of you are like, what happened? Um, Just wanted to kind of set your mind at ease about that. Uh, But you know what? No matter what the situation, no matter how good or bad it is, thank God. It will change your perspective. It will change your heart. It will change your attitude. It changes everything, okay? And the last point is this, is that when we do this, we get to enjoy God's peace, right? Philippians 4 says that when we thank God for all all he's done, we'll experience his peace. We'll experience his peace. You know, we all need a little more peace in our lives, don't we? It's it's, it's almost like when we just sort of go about our day, sometimes it seems like there's there's not a whole lot of peace out there to be found, right? People are fighting over social media. Now we got another stupid election ramping up. Oh, God, please save us from this. You know, it's it's like, oh, you know, can't we just, you know, civilly be... Anyway, and so there's just not a whole lot of peace. There's a lot of things happening in our world that make us anxious, that make us upset, you know. we We get... we get anxious about finances, we get anxious about our kids, we get anxious about... It just it seems like there's not a whole lot of peace out there. But Philippians 4, you know, when we thank God for all he's done, we'll experience his peace. You know, peace is so much better than the anxiety. Peace is so much better than the complaining. Peace is so much better. So much better. You know, it's funny because, like, it always seems like science is catching up with the Bible, doesn't it? It's like, after millions of dollars of research and several years and studies and peer-reviewed cases, we finally discovered that, and then somebody's going, well, I already said that in the Bible, right? And so, like, it, it, it happens as a modern brain science has proven now that gratitude actually has real, like, health benefits to us. That gratitude, they've, you know, they've discovered now in a laboratory, somehow, that it increases joy, right? That gratitude increases joy. That gratitude strengthens mental health. Here's a good one. Gratitude helps you sleep better. Gratitude helps you sleep better. Uh, Gratitude is good for your relationships. Those of us who are wrestling with relationships or wanting to be in a relationship or whatever, gratitude is good for your relationships. 
And so when 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus, it's because he wants you to be blessed. That's a good place to be, right? He wants you to be blessed. And so this morning what we're going to do, we're going to have the worship team come back. But I, what I want to do as your pastor today is I want to issue you a challenge. Uh, that's okay, Hudson. You can go up there. <laughs> I know you're kind of looking around. Is anybody else going to join me? Yes, yes, they'll come in. And so uh, what I want to do is I want to issue you guys a challenge to in some form or fashion every day this week, every day, every day this week until Karen speaks next week, every day this week, I want you to express gratitude for something. Write it down. Call somebody who's been a blessing to you or send somebody a text and just say thank you. Or write down your gratitude or just somehow, some way, express gratitude every day between now and next week. And so uh, here's what I want to do. Let's go ahead and just stand as we wrap up today. And by the way, feel free to get prayer today. <laughs> Don't anybody be discouraged. Yes. Lori's like, never again. Feel free to get prayer today if you need prayer for anything. Maybe you just need prayer for God to help you to be more grateful, to express that gratitude. But uh, let's just take 10, 15 seconds before we wrap up. Uh, and let's just tell God what we're grateful for. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. Some of you might be here and you might be like, but I'm not feeling grateful for anything. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Did you know science has proven that the mere act of trying to think of something to be grateful for has the same health benefits? Okay? And so all I want you to do is just take 10, 15 seconds to verbalize your thanks to God for anything. Okay? Let's do that. God, we love you.